motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. All right, welcome to another episode of the Talking Power podcast. This is episode 150. Todd, can you believe it? I'm here with Todd Brinkworth, our co-host. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick, thank you. Uh, yeah, well, yes, I can. I know I can't. 150 episodes. We should have done something special, but I just haven't been able to organise it, unfortunately. So, yeah. Oh, we we'll are. do a Christmas special again. It's all right. We are going to do a Christmas special. We will be doing a Christmas special. I've been having some thoughts about that. I need to talk to you about it after the podcast, actually. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Mm, yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be good. I think it'll, we'll, we'll do something special. Yeah, well, we normally do. But we'll yeah, but no, it's only get a little bit extra. Oh, sounds good. Need a little bit of gravy on it. Well, there you go. What, how to make gravy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 I don't know. I just, I've got a hankering to do something special. Yeah, well, I'm in. Yeah. I don't know yet. I haven't worked it out. Not really the last minute, so yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah I know, it's already October. Yeah. Hey, October, uh, unfortunately, Simon can't be here, but we're going to call him up in a moment, and we're just going to get him on the line, because we're going to dis- discuss the, this is the Bathurst 1000 special this episode, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think every year I I, um, I come out of nowhere with all the various supercar stats and talk about Bathurst, don't we? Yeah, we do. I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm looking actually. forward to it as well. It's a good one. Let's get, let's get Simon on the phone. Hang on, I'll just get the, hang on a sec, just bear with me. Hey Simon, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We're here to talk about the Bathurst 1000 of 2022. What were your thoughts? Okay, I think uh, he's demonstrated that he's... Uh, uh, yeah, Simon. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, there was, there was some crickets and uh, a fridge reversing. <laughs> So thank you very much, Simon. Uh, uh, I, you. I thought you were going to eat some crisps instead, but anyway, there we go. So Simon's interest in the Bathurst 1000 is non-existent. One of the things I wanted to talk about was, what do you think of the dialogue leading up to Bathurst 1000 on the Gen 3 cars? What, what did you think? I thought that there seemed to be a lot of uh, focus on now its sustainability of this vehicle, which is cool. I don't have anything against that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about environmentally sustainable. I'm talking about sort of cost, cost in terms of the vehicle itself in in building a supercar. The the focus, I guess, has always been on a sustainable car, but it seemed even more so in this lead up to Bathurst. It um, reminds me of one of my favourite sayings. They were trying to sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Or, you know, you, you're, trying to find, you're trying to sell VB to a thirsty guy. But like, don't, you don't need to sell it. We have to have it. Otherwise, there's no series. Yeah. Like, what do you do? But don't you think, <laughs> don't you think that supercars, like, there's this dialogue that it's all, you know, it's more a sustainable car. Supercars has become a rich man's sport. I don't know if you watched, if you caught the dude in the Enforcer... And yeah. remember the days you could rock up to Bathurst with, you know, you bought yourself a VL Group A or, or a Walkinshaw or, yeah. or, or the, the Holden or the, the, the Holden version. You may have had some factory support. They may have chucked in a set of tyres or a set of wheels for you for the weekend some or a mechanic. Guys, yeah, some yep. guys used to go in an open-top trailer and used to yeah. rock up at Bathurst. You know, um, I don't know if they ever went in an open-top trailer, but Lansdale Smash Repairs there, they, they sort of yeah, yeah. Rem- were yeah. reminiscent of that sort of guy. Richard Mork was another one as well, you know, a bit of an Aussie battler. 
those days are gone. I mean, the oh, closest we have to that now is the the wild cards. You know, the wild card entries, and frankly speaking, you know, Craig Lowndes was a wild card entry with De- Declan Fraser this year. Yeah, but it, you know, I, I I think it's lost a bit of essence there. Telling me that the car is sustainable, it's, it's really like <laughs> saying. Top door slam is sustainable as well. I just, I'm not, I'm not picking that up. Yeah, you know, I look at that car and I think to myself, there's nothing sustainable about that at all. Nah, you know, it's got a, you know, all right, it's got a controlled engine or a crate motor, and it's more closer, closer to its manufacturer's DNA. But I'm still not, I'm not buying that story, not yet anyway. And I didn't agree. I like Larco. I do like Larco. But yeah. I didn't agree with his dialogue regarding this car. He made reference to that, you know, uh, production car racing is not what Australians want. Now, the Bathurst six hour and twelve hour, I, I, I guess that they're not they're not overly subscribed in terms of fields and and spectators. But I don't think you speak on behalf of all Australians when you say that either, you know. What he was trying to say was they have to go with these Gen 3 cars because, you know, we don't want to watch production car racing. If we take a step back, right back to 19, you know, the, the 60s at Bathurst, yeah. mid-60s, that's how Bathurst started. It yeah, was, it was. improved production car racing. Yeah. It was different to the Australian Touring Car Championship. It was two mm. different series. So I don't, I don't really subscribe to the fact that I, I don't. When you speak for all Australians, I don't think that's correct either. It, it could be, you know. I think the masses and TV audience is probably more in tune with the Gen Three car. Uh, however, I'm not convinced on the Camaro either. Nah, me either. Um, I actually was thinking while you were talking about that then. I think last year's Bathurst, if you rewind back to that one, we had the chat about Gen 1, Gen, Gen 2, Gen mm. 3. I think I went through the history books and had a look at yeah what they called the blueprints and all that. And mm. You did, actually, yeah. Yeah, and again, I mean, it's been mentioned that the cars are essentially, what, TA2, TA3 car almost. I, I, they, they could have gone that path, well, you know. Yeah, and then I'm kind of a bit over it. I just get out there and race. I don't just, they haven't even started building them yet. I know. So it's going to be a busy Christmas for the for a lot of the teams. I can't see. Yeah, but then any. what do you do? You just unglue the ZB shell and put the new one on, or what? No, no, no completely different structure. Yeah, I know. Mate, but but <laughs> one of the things I, one of, I meant to say at the start of the podcast, and I was going to ask you, have a think about while I've been while gas bag through this podcast. At the end of it, I'm going to come back to you. I want you to think about because this was Holden's last race. I want you to have a think about your most yours. So there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Your favourite Holden. Moment. At Bathurst. Not moment, but car at Bathurst. Your favourite Holden at Bathurst. Don't think about it right now. Haven't you got right to the end of the podcast? I know. I already know the one, so it's fine. Okay. All right. But we'll cover at the end. We'll we'll cover that at the end. Actually, there's probably going to be two. I can't narrow it down to one, but there's definitely two. Yeah. I've got one. I've got one. But... Mine's going to be a weird one. You're going to look at me and go... No, no. There's no weird ones. Okay. Anyway. There's no weird ones. No, I've got two. Except, Except for... You're not going to say ZB, are you? <laughs> yeah, the ZB Coca-Cola Commodore or what it was. 
Anyway, anyway, it can even be a model. You don't have to narrow it down to a livery. It can be even just a model. You can say even like, I don't want to preface what you're saying, but you can even say VL or, or VN or, you know, it, it can be whatever. There's no right or my head, answers, all right? <laughs> Maybe one of them. No. I have to change it now. Hey, um, even the weather, like, I mean, did you find that the lead up to the event was like focused heavily on weather? What, what was that all about? I didn't... Oh, to be fair, I had a few mates over there. And I have some mates that live near Bathurst that they're not car guys, but they kind of this weekend go, oh, you know, it's pretty cool to see the town come alive. One of them rang me on Thursday yeah. on FaceTime and I thought he was in a tropical cyclone. Oh, really? Okay. So it was... he's like, I know you love your car racing, Todd. He goes, this is my front door. And his front door had an inch of water at it or two inches and it was flooding and he couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't see down the street. So do you think the weather, the focus on the weather was to keep spectators away? Well, that's what it felt like. There was almost like <sighs> Dominic Perrottet came out and said, like, basically gave a, 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 you know, like, not to not go, but basically, you know, you're sort of going at your own Actually, peril. maybe, maybe, because, I mean, did you see some of the stuff on Friday and Saturday? It's crazy. The it, lake, was, it was, yeah. I mean, I, I've been, been there. Um, not to a thousand, but I've been to the twelve hour, of course, and the infield where the camping is. You know, it's it's a campground. Yeah. And it, there was people that had water in their tents and caravans flooding, and I'm like, you know what? I enjoy motor racing, but I wouldn't be sleeping three inches of, in water in a tent. You know what I mean? I. <laughs> it was yeah. It looked pretty. It did look? I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't bad. I'm just saying that it was it was interesting. Speaking of. The New South Wales Premier. You may remember episode 143. I read these comments that he said. He said, these are his words, not mine. Dominic Perrote. We've got the greatest city, not just not in just the country, but in the world. And seriously, why would the Formula One want to stay in Melbourne when you can come here? And he's referring to Sydney. It's a loss for the F1. That is all I can say. It's going to be really disappointing event for years to come until it comes to its rightful place in Sydney. Formula One is a global event and we are truly Australia's global city. So I think in time they'll work out or they'll work that out. Good luck to Melbourne. Okay, so that was his commentary about Melbourne getting the Formula One. I've got a news flash for Dominic Perrottet. If you want the Formula One. You can't even fix a water main leak. Did you see that water main leak? Yeah. That wasn't from the rain. A lot of people assume that that, no, that, that, was... that was a water main leak. So a water main leak that really arguably did affect Part lap one, yeah. lap two, a number of laps. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, we saw even Mostert get really wide at that corner mm. late in the race. Yeah. It definitely took at least one car out, Thomas Randall's car, mm. and ended the race for a couple of others. Oh, I'm, I'm, this guy wants to have the Formula One go to Sydney, but they can't fix a water. I'm not saying he fixes it, but you know Bathurst is a pretty big event in Australia, yeah. and you can't fix a water main leak. And people already correct me. I'm, I am ninety percent sure. I know the TAFE is around the corner from Bathurst. Mm. I thought the council yards were near as well. Like I'm pretty sure the council yards are a stone's throw from Bathurst. I could be wrong from from Mount Panorama. Sorry, yeah. let me clarify. I could be wrong. I could be on the other side of town. I could be on the Kelso side of town. I could be wrong, but 
I'm sure there's like the TAFE, something else, and the council yard. I don't, I just look. I mean, I know the water leak occurred on the Sunday morning. I know that was Sunday mm. morning, but I'm amazed that they couldn't get that fixed in time. But anyway, I'm assuming that it did slow down during the day. It looked like it wasn't as bad later yeah, in like the day. Can the water off the toilets? <laughs> Done. <laughs> so Dominic, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw stones, be very careful you're not living in a glass house. What did you think of the 86s? I mean, I know I know it's entry level, I know it's amateur racing, but really it was not good. I know it was raining, I know it was really bad weather, but there were some really clumsy errors in the 86 racing. They were out there playing for sheep stations in in abysmal weather, mm. and yet there was a compl- I mean, we're going to get more to this later, but there was a complete lack of brains and talent. Mm. Not and not saying that I can do better. Don't ride in. I can't do better. I'm not there in a car. Yeah, right? but that's but, exactly right. You're not there in a car. Neither am I. Yeah. But we're not there for that reason, you know. And and I just I was amazed by the the, mm. the some of the decisions made in in racing those cars. I was just I was dumbfounded to be honest with some of the some of the moves that I saw in that '86 racing was just phenomenal. I mean, especially coming down. Um. Well, one of the fastest breaking corners in all of yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of water there, admittedly, yeah. But you don't, you don't come down there at a million miles an hour in the wet. You know, it's. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still yet to understand what the. I mean, we, we, we. I like S five thousand, but you guys are sort of against it. But I'm yet to see the appeal of this. Well, this is your production car racing one mate series. Yeah, but I don't like one make series. I've never liked it. Look, I don't know either. Even when they're doing it with lasers, I didn't like it. I'm a Ford man, but it didn't, I didn't like Miss Nexus or something at one point, wasn't it? Or? Yeah, I, I still don't like it. Um, look, I don't know either. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I only I didn't watch much of it, the eighty sixes, until I heard about some of the whoopsie daisies. Yeah. And I went back and watched the highlights package and went far out, guys. Like, no, I had it on Saturday morning. I was oh, just like mate. flabbergasted. Yeah, there'll be a heap of people writing in now saying they heard me say I don't like one make production car racing, but <laughs> they would argue that supercars is one make <laughs> no, production car. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> anyway, anyway, hey, I just want to before we get before we get stuck into well, look, let's just well, I don't know which way to go here. Which should we do some talking points? We'll no, we'll to- cover what what else happened on Sunday. And then I reckon we we have a break and we talk about the race. Yeah, because, okay. You know what happened on Saturday? Was it? Well, the really? lack of top ten. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I missed that. My apologies. Jeez. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? What did you think? I mean, it looked like the rain was fairly heavy. The one thing I did notice, I was watching it, and I watched that Kia Carnival going around the track, and yeah. I'm adamant. I'm one hundred percent adamant that some of the images used by the media were not taken at that time. No, they weren't. I was about to say, because that's something I noticed. Practice finished, which became the top 10, and it was wet. And there was an incident, and I think they red flagged it. Mm -hmm. But it was doable. Then all of a sudden, oh, we're not having the top 10 shootout, it's too much water, or oh, sorry, no, we're driving out at 4.30. Now, I saw a couple of clouds, and I actually checked the weather radar on my phone and went, 
Okay, touch and go. I still gave him credit. I'm like, man, I, I wouldn't want to be out there. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden they're in the Kia and it's looked kind of dry to me. Some standing it water. It didn't look bad in the Kia. And I'm like, oh, they need a road sweep. I actually said they need a road sweep and blow some of the crap off the road. Okay. The next thing, oh, we're cancelling it because it's torrential rain. And they showed a photo of, which looked like from my mate's phone, of tropical cyclone Bathurst going through the place. And I'm yeah. like, where did that come from? Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's the point I'm trying to make here. And that I don't think that the imagery used by the media when they when they cancel the top ten mm. shootout was corresponding with the actual time that the top 10 shootout was supposed to be on because, you know, we weren't there, so we shouldn't really yeah. talk. When we might be talking a little bit out of school. And we apologise if, if anyone is listening and they were there and it was that bad, but it just did not look that bad. When they had the Kia Carnival out, it, it did not look that bad. You've also got to remember, which was mentioned, again, on my favourite reputable motorsport website at the moment, it seems to be modifying articles and being worse than Fox Sports, and it's not Fox Sports, um, there was a bit of hoo- oh, hoo-ha, my favourite term tonight, about how there was only a media window for the top 10 shootout as well. So it's well and good that they couldn't race at that time, but they couldn't sit back on their hands for half an hour. They only had a certain window of time. So what do you think about that? Me- Th- that is the reason. Well, so that annoys me, is push it back half an hour, still have qualifying. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. People, you know, <laughs> we have become a society. Football is the same. Yeah. A lot of sports have gone the same. So they cancel something because it doesn't fit in with a TV schedule. So I yeah. really find it interesting that the top 10 shootout is done so late in the day. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, in WA it's great because it's at 2 o'clock, but in yeah. Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Saving Time, that's 5 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. So the the first car rolls out at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. number 10. I find that I find that amazing. It makes for great TV because they want it in front of the news. Yeah. That's the idea. So it's 5 o'clock mm. to 6 o'clock. It precedes the news. Yeah. And, and that makes for good theatre. And anything on a weekend that goes before the news is makes good ratings. But if you know you've got poor weather on its way, mm. you know that window should be open. Hey, to, the cricket be... goes over in the news sometimes. Yeah. So why don't they let Bathurst top ten? Or, or bring it forward. I actually didn't. I was meant to have a look at the stats tonight. I actually was going to look up when was the last time the top 10 wasn't run. Uh, 78 or 70, oh, someone so you, will correct you, us. I can't remember exactly. It has been cancelled another time. 78 or 79, yeah, okay. I can't, I can't at, remember. That's, that's just at Berthes. It's been cancelled elsewhere. Yeah. I know that, but I, was just, I, yeah, I just think, forgot to look it up myself. Yeah, yeah. so it has been done before, but I don't know. I didn't agree with it either, and I think it's, you know, it's one of the highlights of the weekend. Yeah, no, you know? I was out and about on Sunday, and I had an alarm set in my phone. Yeah. To run home, and I was with my mate, and he went, where are you going? Went, to get home and watch the top 10. Mm. And he sort of went, oh, okay, cool, see ya. Yeah. And I was home, TV on, I cooked myself some lunch, and I'm like, oh. Lo and behold, it's not on. Yeah. I did work yeah. instead, so thank you, I ended up working instead. <laughs> anyway, let's get stuck into the race itself. Um, so what did you think? Like The first lap, I haven't written in the notes, but the first lap incident, I think that was... That was just cars. I mean, that was an accident. I, I mean, yeah, three, four wide on Mountain Straight. Cars it, get out on the grass. It, it was, was really slippery. Unavoidable. 
Well, I, I personally, I thought something was going to happen in the second lap. I thought they'll do a clean first lap, but no, it didn't even. Yeah, first corner, first corner, and then getting up mountain straight, <laughs> and yeah, but then it set the tone for the race. If you ask me, well, the three first three quarters of the race anyway, it, it set did. the tone. Yeah, yep. So, what did you think of the Zane Goddard re-entry at high speed of the chase? I mean, that that to me. <laughs> Oh, you know, he, he's come out today and said that when he 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 felt that the car was going in the right direction at the last minute, he hit a, another puddle and deviated the car slightly, and he lost control and it went across the track. Oh, I'm you saying. were you were out of control at the point you left the bitumen. It didn't matter if it was dry you had dirt tyres on the car, whatever it was. The minute you left the bitch when you were out of control Mm. and trying to spear it back on, no. Again, I'm not racing the car, but... Yeah, but that was... uh, I I didn't... I wasn't comfortable with it, let's put it that way. You know, it took out... It took... Well, it took James Courtney out, his co-driver, and it took out, um, you know, Andre Heidengardner... I think he's a great talent. You know, took him out of the race and, and also took out um, Davey Reynolds. Yeah. Davey Reynolds never got to start. Neither did Andre. I know. Uh, yeah. So, what is... Do, the co-driver thing seems to be gaining momentum. Like, there was many co-drivers that started the race a lot. Yeah, because the idea is you put your top gun at the end of the race now mm. instead of having... Your co-driver's still got to do 55 or 54 laps. Yeah. It's a lot of, lot of racing. So. Oh, it is, but that's the plan now. See, so the old days, if you put the gun driver in at the start, mm. you run the risk of shortchanging him, so you'd run him for 10, 15 laps, shortchange him out, and have him there at the end as well. Mm. I, I mean, I'll say the principle, you give the, the top driver a break for the start of the morning, but again, in conditions like that, I would have had, sorry, all the top drivers in the cars get them going. You know what I mean? Like, get them... Yeah, I would too. I, 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 that was, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to also hear that I really found it really noticeable, this race. Like, we've, I think the the wave around the Lucky Dog, I call it the Lucky Dog. That's NASCAR, isn't it? They call it Lucky Dog wave I think they do, NASCAR, yeah. yeah. But I, I call it that as well. I, it's come and gone over the years yeah. in, in, in supercars. I really found it noticeable this year and I found it frustrating. Yeah, it, it just fru- yeah, it frustrated me the amount there was. Yeah, but not only that, I like the fact, I like the theatre and the fact that the pace car picks up the leader, mm. but then behind him are three lapped cars, and the second place guy, he's he's stuck, he's got to get around them. Yeah. I like that. I, yeah. There has to be some reward here, and you're rewarding... <laughs> The guys that are a lap down, I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, as You're I said to you, mediocrity, which we're going to refer to a lot in a minute, is all the chats. Nick and I had it just further. <laughs> Nick, Nick and I sort of were a bit quiet at the start of the race, and probably someone hung up on us because <laughs> on good old Messenger we had our own commentary team going. Can you imagine when he saw his phone? <laughs> like, Dad. He would have said to Nicole, "Look at these losers." I don't think we use that word. It would have been something a bit different than that. Probably in Italian, but hey, look. I can't repeat it on the radio for those that speak Italian at home. You know what I mean? But um, I don't know. I just I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I don't. It was noticeable and it was irritating me because I found that you know car fifty six, car six, car twenty eight, car thirteen, 
or do the or to tr- pass the safety car on this lap. It just was every safety car. Yeah. Like there was sometimes one, sometimes five, but I, I I don't like rewarding mediocrity. Maybe do it. I think in the first maybe this is just an idea. Like between lap one and fifty. You, you do it then. Then after lap 50, there's no more wave arounds. If you go a lap mm. down after lap 50, that's it. Bad luck. Yeah, maybe. Because you could get caught up in a, mm. in someone else's wreck on, you know. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't oh, I'm not a fan anyway. I'm not a yeah, fan. Yeah, but so that's the argument. Is you, you let the lap traffic out of the way of the leader, the leader has a better chance at being the leader still. They don't have to, because we have seen in previous years where a lapped car... Yeah, it gets caught up. Yeah, yeah. That's my phone. Oh. But um, no, I um, I, I see the pros and the cons. Yeah. But towards the end of the day, it annoyed the hell out of me, so I'm like, just, well, just get out of the way. Like, yeah. you know, just... To be honest with you, I'm not convinced. So the wave around was done on Conrad? Yeah. Just before the chase. Mm. I'm not convinced those cars make it around to the tail, the tail end of the... Of the, of the of the rest of the cars. Well, actually, for a little while there, well, towards the back half of the race when sort of things settled, I'll arguably say, um, I watched lap times. I watched them go from like two minutes twenty or something down to, mm. and there was one or two guys that caught back up within a minute or or even sub sub minute. We need to time it basically because if it yeah. was, I could be wrong, but if it takes. Just, it would have to take two. They, they need about two minutes to get around yeah. onto the back of the two minutes and ten seconds, roughly, to get on the back again. Mm. I don't think it takes two minutes to get from the chase or the end of the chase to the start line again. Maybe yeah. it does. I, I don't know. I, I I should probably time that, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think you find those cars sort of at yeah mm, now probably past Forest Elbow, but you know up at McPhillamy. But at least they're on the same lap. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we had a bit of a laugh. The F-bomb count. Oh. I only got two. I only got two. So Tim Blanchard, I'm pretty sure it was him. And and one of the pit crew from PJR when that SCT car came in on and then caught on fire. <laughs> I only got the two, but I reckon you're right. There was a lot of, there was a lot of SHIT. There was a heap of that. I, I reckon... I wasn't actually counting, counting, but I can... Think of four or five. <laughs> Do you like the awkward silence afterwards? No one says, no yeah, one yeah. acknowledges the F-bomb. Yeah. You know, Scaife or Cropo don't say... They used to, but I noticed they didn't on the weekend. There was no apology for the F-bomb. Like, oh, we apologise for that uh, unsavoury language. Yeah. But there was none of that this year. It was like an awkward silence. Yeah. And then they would be like, oh, check out that rat over... Check yeah. out the squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, it's not funny, but the SCT one's one of my favourites. Oh, that it's was... on a... fire! <laughs> and I was like, don't laugh, don't laugh. But just the way it was said, I mean, there's not a time and a place for the F-bomb, but also that's a time and a place for the F-bomb, you know oh, what I mean? it's live TV. So did you watch the Foxtel feed or the Channel 7 feed? Uh, I actually... Well, mate, that as well. I had both going. Oh, okay. Um, and it was quite amusing. Channel 7 seemed to be ahead of time by yeah. about 30 seconds at one point. Yeah, they, they were ahead. Then yes. they'd have an ad break. Yep. 
and all of a sudden be about 10 seconds behind. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. And there's one point where I was talking to you about something, and you said, oh, you're too late. And it took me 30 seconds on the Foxtel feed to catch up and... Oh, no, I was on the Foxtel feed. So then it just goes to show you the Foxtel feed's not synchronised. Yeah, and I was a bit... It did my head in a bit at one point, because I literally was standing in the lounge room watching Foxtel, and I went into the bedroom, and I'm like... Hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... At least the commentary's the same, so I don't... I don't... Oh, no, Channel 7 snippet... Um, what's his name? Logo. Over the top. No. Um, the guy off Bloody Sunrise. What's his name? No. Oh, Barretts. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. And that, I, I like Barretts, but then he, he also annoyed the hell out of me. Some, I, watched, I actually ended up watching Channel 7 for about, oh, about 20 minutes, half an hour. Oh, they had Barretts over. And he'd be talking over the top of something... And saying, oh, you can win a trip to Fiji or you can buy your boots at wherever down the road or whatever. And then all of a sudden they just randomly cut back into Stacey and Crompton. And I'd be like, did I miss something? Yeah, okay. (laughs) And Stacey and Crompton like, oh, did you see that round the corner? And you're like, what did I miss? <laughs> you know, and then I go in the other room and watch the Foxtel feed a few seconds behind and go, Well that's what I missed. Yeah, okay. so, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Day, I, had, yeah. I had a bit of both goings, but I didn't I didn't realise that uh Barrett's was coming. Oh yeah, Barrett's was telling me to take holidays to New South Wales and uh, you tell me to buy shoes and They make a lot of money from that, but Oh, I know. What but, do they call that? that? that's what's that marketing called? There's a name for it. Uh, it eludes me at the moment. But yeah, so um, anyway, I ended up sticking... And the adverts, the random adverts that were either... They stopped the entire race and went to an ad and then would miss something critical or do the small picture-in-picture. Picture yeah, I saw the, that. It had a fair bit of that, didn't it? And I'm like, either just cut to an ad break or... Do you, <laughs> I can't remember. I'm trying to think of the name. But, they, you know, they recoup a lot of their TV oh, rights money from that. that yeah. That insertion there's a right there's a word for it it'll come back to me once i turn turn the recorder off me personally if channel 7 if you're listening and you had the right cv8s for a while longer and other motorsports like that make a new channel new digital tv channel and have a pay-per-view mm. five bucks no ads done yep yep yeah, and people I, would pay for that i would pay it in a heartbeat and i'd get rid of foxtel sorry yep. foxtel but you'd go out the door yep anyway moving yeah. on <laughs> Now, Larco. I've written here Larco's pick commentary. I, I like Larco, as I said. I like him a lot. But I found him to be, if I was a pit crew, I would find him to be quite annoying. That that pit stop of DJR that they completely stuffed up, um, he, was, he was standing right in the middle of the box, pointing at each guy, saying what their jobs were. And the car... Honest to God, it is like in the pit lane. It is on its way. Yeah. He takes away their focus. Yeah. I'm sorry. He takes away their focus. And they cocked that stop up. Car came in. The guy on the front left brake, he cocked it up. Now, I gave you the... In in my messaging, I think I gave you the analogy of... Or he hit my notes here. Um, Did I write it here? No, I didn't. But in my... Somewhere I gave you the analogy of Brian Taylor. Can you imagine Brian Taylor during a footy game going into the the three-quarter time into the coach's huddle with a team, like explaining what the coach does, (laughs) what this guy over here does? Just You know what I mean? It's taken away their concentration. 
That's that can't be good. So originally I sent my message. It's actually it is here. You have put it in the notes. I said, oh, I think he does okay and, and, and consider it. Looking back, I looked at some replays actually yesterday. No, no, you're right. He was standing in front of the guy holding the pit board. Well, you know, the stop board, which is arguably the most crucial guy. So the driver's coming in pit lane speed, looking to hit, <laughs> looking to hit the pit board. You know mm. what I mean? So all of a sudden you see Larco standing in the middle. You don't quite know. You can't see him. And yeah, and then I do, as you mentioned, I did notice afterwards he wasn't any in any pits after that. That scene with the DJR one, he really seemed to be in their face. He's like, Why was it this is Larry, this is Curly, this is Mo. Yeah, and, 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 and then he's and then he's gone. He can hear him say, "This is not good. This is not good. This is not good." They know it's not good. Yeah. But by you reiterating that, it's not going to make him fix it. Or mm. I just found that to be you'd never see that. In professional football, never, no. not in a pink fit. The coaches, the clubs would never allow that. Mm. Not in a pink fit to have a commentator in the in the huddle, or even like in the coach's box. <laughs> Imagine that, Brian Taylor in the coach's box, commentating or telling what this guy does, what that guy does. It just takes away their concentration. I, I was, I was, yeah, I, yeah. I no, looking go, back at it, I was a bit like he shouldn't have been there. When he stands off to the side or he might be in the garage having a chat to someone, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's but all good. keep him off. Keep yeah. him off the black stuff. Yeah, you know during I mean? the race. Yeah. Please, come on. Now, this is what I really got upset about this. You know that I got upset oh. that I blew up in the messaging. The recovery vehicle impediment. Now, I'm not going to say it took away um, Brody Kostecki's chance of winning the race. Certainly not. I'm not suggesting that at all. But on what planet... On what planet... Does a recovery vehicle go out? Now, some would argue they're under safety car. Yes, they were under yeah, safety were. car. But the safety car hasn't picked up the leader yet. Yeah. So, rightfully or wrongfully, the cars are racing, racing mm. to the safety car. And there's a Ford Ranger on the track, recovery vehicle. Your recovery vehicle cannot go out until... The safety the safety car has caught the leader, or the sorry, the leader has caught the safety car. And once the safety car has control of the leader and the rest of the field, then the recovery vehicle can go out. Or is that too logical? Yeah, what you said. But do you understand? Like, no, no, I know. When, when this is the the thing with safety cars, and it doesn't. You know, it's flawed in many ways. Because mm. even under the safety car, there's nothing stopping you from going at full speed until you get to the safety car. Yeah. Unless you're going past the, the area which that the safety car is out for. So, yeah. like, yeah, the, the, double, the, the yellow wave, yeah. fla- the flags. But in that situation, they're racing to the safety car. Yeah. He was racing. He was coming out of the pit. Mm. And he got balked by this Ford Ranger. Oh, I don't know. Just does that not bewilder you? Yeah, I, I don't know. They went over about well, Larco went over about forty times and yeah. Crompton, and they argued that Kostecki wasn't yet at some white line that was yeah the safety car line. Yeah, that's correct. But still, it it you can visibly see in the in car it cost him. For argument's sake, it cost him two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, he was balked by it, and, and and had to get out of the throttle, and Mostert, yeah. Mostert um, cornered him, or not cornered yeah. him, but like basically, you know, boxed him. Yeah, boxed him is the word I'm looking for. And I actually even don't think that was intentional. 
I think Mostert sort of just, even he came around that corner and went, Oh my God, there's a Ford Ranger. Yeah, and he sort track. of kept in the gas to catch the safety car. And I don't think he would have realised that Kostecki was there until he had a look over his shoulder and went, what are you doing there? This falls under race control. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. it's their complete, 100% their fault. I'm not saying that they can't send recovery vehicles yeah. out. By all means, of course, of course they have to send the recovery vehicle out. But the recovery vehicle goes out once the field is under full control of the safety car. Mm. Or you start implementing virtual safety cars that once the, the whole field drops to whatever it may be, 30% of, the, of, 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 the, of, of a particular speed. Yeah. You know? We saw the same thing in Formula One. I don't know if you saw that imagery. You know, I, I don't understand how these things happen. Yeah. Japan, poor Jules Bianchi died from hitting a telehandler in Japan. That's right. yeah. And here we were, I don't know how many years ago that was. Forgive me, I've, I've forgotten when Jules Bianchi died. Here we are, we see the same thing. There was a telehandler or a front-end loader on the track... Yeah. When they're Formula One cars still on the track. <clears throat> yeah. That, that that just cannot happen. That cannot happen. There should be some sort of... Race control does not have control if that's yeah. happening. Anyway, I'm off my high horse. I'm not saying that that... Oh, I'm more concerned about the safety. I don't care about Brody Kostecki not winning. I do, actually. I had a lazy 30 on him. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> but, but and, yeah, it was enough that he had to reset the car, so to speak. And also, I mean, flip side of the corner, if he hadn't have reset that car, he would have still been able to hit that safety vehicle at a good 100-ish, 120, 100... Damage. And it would have been big. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been... Yeah. And, I mean, look, Marshall's safety crews, recovery crews, they're all there and do a massive job. They're not picking on those guys. No, no, of course, of course not. He went out, the guy on the recovery... Yeah, so he was just out. doing what... Under instruction, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, I mean, you have to think they are putting themselves in the line of fire, and this is a prime example of, you know, if button when. Mm. Yeah. So until until such time as you know they change the rules in terms of safety car, as it stands now, safety car. You're only at the slow, slower safety car speed once you've caught the safety car. A lot yeah. of people probably don't understand that concept, but you can race at full speed till you capture the safety car. Yeah, I think it was like, oh, I'm going to say a couple of years ago, but it could have been 10 or more, but it was Wing Cup. Remember, Wing Cup went out to try and catch the safety He was on the back of the pack mm. and went out full tilt, absolutely full tilt, and caused, caused the safety car to stay out longer because he hit the wall. Yeah. I yeah, can't remember that's, what... That, that's happened on several occasions. Yeah, but I, mean, I just remember, and it was through... It was at Bathurst, and it was through uh, the chase. Yeah, yeah, that's, at, that's quite... That's yeah, happened but, on many occasions. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> I had to write this in, and I couldn't have it. I had a bit of a laugh. I was, Peter Zuberus, you know, we're big fans of Peter Zuberus. He owns the Premier Racing Team. He's also a top fuel uh, pilot as well. But when I saw that Coke Commodore spitting parts out the back, I said, <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about the irony. You know, he's, 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 even his supercars are replicating what a top fueler does, <laughs> spitting, spitting smoke and parts out the back. I had, a, I had a good chuckle. Anyway, final result. We haven't even said who won here. Shane Van Giesbergen and Garth Tander, flawless, really. I mean, as much as we don't want to say it, uh, yeah, we're people, yeah, flawless, yeah. That was flawless. You, could, you couldn't stop him. That car, did you look at the car when it came back? Not a scratch on it. 
I don't think they put a wheel. I think he put a wheel in the wall maybe on Friday or Thursday. Yeah. He got a, you know, and that was it. That was it. Locked up there a couple of times in the last few laps. Mm. But the, the panel and paint on that car was flawless. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the winners over the years. The first thing they say in racing is to finish, to, to, to win, you first need to finish. And that's a prime yeah. example. That car was in perfect condition. Mm. The key to winning, and Chas Mostert was able to do it, and so was Cam mm. Waters, was to go hard in that last 30 laps. Yeah. You know, we talked about the last 40 laps, 30 laps. Yeah. Those guys, it was like a full-on sprint race, and you could see they left Brody, poor Brody behind. Yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't run with him. Yeah. Uh, and even uh, I can't remember who was behind, behind Brody, but the, all those cars behind them just yeah. could not maintain that pace. You know, the fastest lap of the race was the second last lap, or maybe yeah, which is know, insane. Yeah, two oh four. Yeah, and Van Gisbergen was able to do that, and then Mostert was able to do it. If you look at those two cars, they were the other way around last year. Mostert won, yeah. and Van Gisbergen came second, and they were they were you know breaking lap records as well in yeah. the dying laps. That's what these cars are able to do. And unfortunately, uh, I think only probably five cars can do that. Mm. You know, I'm not convinced that there's any anything lower than an Erebus is able to run with those guys. Yeah, you're right. I think Brock Feeney could have done it as well, but I'm not sure the car was there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, they were, they were flawless. And he is probably, you know, the most formidable co-driver in the field. Uh, Chaz Mostert as well. well. Again, you know, flawless. It was just a, it was an amazing yeah. drive. I, apparently they were, they were having problems with the car, though, which I think you can actually see because he, he slowed down and sped up and slowed down. And I think, I just don't think... It was think getting hot, yeah. That car was there at the end. No. I reckon if that car had a little bit more pace, it would have been door-to-door, but... You know. Last year's race, one thing we're all forgetting is last year's Bathurst was the last race of the year. Yeah. And it was after four rounds at Eastern Creek or Sydney that's Motorsport right. Park. Yeah, that's right. We had four weeks in a row of Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah. So, in essence, eight races. It might have even been um, 12, actually. I can't remember. 12 races back-to-back yeah. at Sydney Motorsport Park. So... <laughs> And Mostert, they did reasonably well there. I think they won a couple of races as well. So they, they had the car tuned from that. Not that you can carry much over, but I think you, when you're racing four weeks in a row, I think you learn a lot about the car. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting they didn't have that speed right at the end of the race. They had a lot mm. of speed. They could run with him, but they were never going to catch him. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. When it was when the race was all said and done, they're the top three. They were always going to be the top three. I think you know you talked about sports bet. They were the top three. Yeah, they were. So it's a bit of a no-brainer, really, when you look back at it. I'm pretty sure I ended up putting enough on. The- but Brody was not nowhere near fourth. No, I put enough on Van Giesberg and and Kent Tander as the favourites. To cover one of the bets. So I think I, I basically ended up with like a dollar. Yeah. No, I, I ended up... I dropped the lazy 30 on uh, Brody and uh, Dave Russell, who did really well, really. They were paying yeah. huge odds. Huge, huge odds. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, oh, I was, I was second for a lot of the race. And uh, also, I put a lazy 20 on Percat and Luffy, but 
I just thought that the speed that the Walkinshaw and Dreddy cars had from last year, or Chaz had from last year, may have transferred over to Nick Percat. Mm. But then once you factor in the Nick Percat factor, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a really dumb bet, wasn't it? That's why I left you on that one. I didn't argue. I was just like... Yeah, no, Nick. but you were against Luffy. Luffy didn't let him down. It was Nick uh, that let him yeah, down. That's the thing. I didn't like Luffy either. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Luffy. You know, I know you know some mates of mine. So no, I like I like Percat. I'm only having it. I'm only stirring. I'm only stirring. While the race was on, we did this messaging. So how do we do this? Is this going to be funny? I don't know if this is actually going to be funny, but yeah, I reckon maybe... read out some of the highlights. No, no, you you read out what you said, and I'll read out what I said, and we'll try and get through. We are it not going. No, we're not going to get through all of it because it's way too much. All right, we'll start off. We start off with where we start from. Well, we start off yellow on the first lap of Bathurst. WTF did I just watch? Zane, God, Zane Goddard, that is just absolutely pathetic. I feel bad now, actually, reading this out. I don't well, no, and then I said, so super hard. average talent, I reckon today will legitimately show the men from the boys. And, and then I said, now was the safety car stop? Um, an S word released from the pit. And um, I said, 88s was a shocker. And then anyway, well, let's get through a bit of this we've talked about this anyway. We're on um, the F-bomb count. Um, oh, and then I mentioned about halfway through the race, the loose front bars. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. The front bars stuck around the cars. Yeah, I know. Well, there was no, no explanation really given there. Yeah, it was um, pretty amusing. And then, then, I, uh, then I said, kiss my lazy 20 goodbye. Percat really f***ed that one up. <laughs> Note to add Todd Brinkworth. Not lofty behind the wheel. <laughs> Still got 30 on Brody Kostecki and Dave Russell. And then I said I should put 20 bucks on the safety car. <laughs> so, we won't talk about Larko. We've already said that. Uh, then we talked about the rain a little bit. And then we said, this is with 40 laps to go. You said 40 lap sprint race. And I said, do you like the lucky dog wave around? We've already spoken about that. Um, and I said, well, I said, everyone gets a medal. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was wrong on this, by the way. I was actually very wrong. But hey, I'm going to wear this. So I said, Giz, he's a bit, he's in the winch cup school of pressure. Mostert is going to give him a Kostecki. To, you know, give Kostecki a cold trickle, yeah. which is bump draft him out of the way and go, remember me, that's part of the joke, all right? And then go wind up Giz. Mossa has no, no brain and lots of talent, which will get Giz all out of sorts. Now, I was wrong. Again, yes. I reckon if the car had been a bit faster, he would have yeah. gone and wound Giz up. For sure, um, for sure. And you, you like Waters from fifth. Yeah, I said Waters from fifth. Our last Ford Hope. <laughs> then Waters will bang Feeney's door off. <laughs> Two seconds later, he literally gave, gave Feeney a tap and passed uh, him. I said, I'd rather he blows his doors yeah. off. And then you said, that Kostecki car has pace. What else do we got here? Oh, and then when, when Mostert and Waters are in the same corner, they always tangle with. They do. They and I'm do. like, no, no. I was yelling at the TV. And, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I think the rest of it was... Um, I said Waters cars has the pace if they can wind something into it. Fortunately, I think he just didn't have the... Um... God, this went on for pages and pages. Yeah, we're not going to read all this because... Um... Maybe not, no safety car. Another F-bomb. Yep, it's on fire. <laughs> Benny Hill music <laughs> playing in the background. And then, uh, and then I mentioned the Mad Max DJR car because it was covered in mud. Oh, God, one. it looked terrible, didn't it? The Mad and Max. then, unfortunately, I think they went in the wall about two seconds later. Yeah. And... Um, Oh, then we mentioned about the uh, safety car. Yes, yep. Forking everyone. Fire up, we did have a long chat yesterday. This went on for pages um, and pages. I, I thought this was going to be, well, if we read this out, it would be funny, but there, here I get really upset. We we have recovery vehicles on the track, balking racing cars that haven't caught the safety car. It's, well, I can't say that. 
it's it's <laughs> I dropped the F bomb myself. It's pathetic <laughs> and extremely unsafe. I think I'm right, but and then I wrote, good to see Peter Zubra supercars imitating his top fueler, leaving a trail of mechanical destruction. <laughs> He's the Australian champion, Peter Zubra, so I shouldn't be so... But, you know, it goes yeah. hand in hand. We've got top fueler. It always spits parts out the back. That's just what they do. And I think... Oh, well, and we'll, we'll cut to the chase. Basically, it was about, what, 10, 15 laps yep. to go. Yep. I said, Gears, Waters, Moss, there's your finish. Yep, yep. And I, then I literally, I think, two laps later, corrected it and went, All right, no, Goz... No, Giz, Moz, Waters. I was wrong before. Almost eventful, uneventful Giz to the end. And then, yeah, well, you said, last 10 laps is deflating for the Ford fans, really, to Scott McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah. I went, well put. We listed off some special Ford drivers of the past. And mm. um, then, I, then my thing was, fitting kind of last race for Holden, proper last race, push that car straight to the Motor Museum next door and leave it there. <laughs> and I wrote back, I was thinking of a tip. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, I mean, yeah, congratulations to those guys. I mean, and I'm, I'm, do you think, I'm just going to ask you a question without notice here. Do you think the Holden fans take solace from yesterday's win? Is that, I know it was their last win. I know, I know it was a Holden, but I just can't get past the fact that that car in Australia was a front wheel drive four cylinder that sold really poorly. I, um, again, I asked a lot of my, a few of my mates that are uh, Holden fans, like just true, true blue, diehard meat pies and footballs Holden fans, right? They watched Bathurst last, and they haven't watched it. Some of them haven't watched it for ten, fifteen years. Mm. They watched it yesterday because it was the last race for Holden. Yeah, and I went, but it was a ZB. They said we didn't care. That was the last Holden race. At Bathurst in Australia, you know, and I went. Oh, statistically okay. speaking, statistically speaking, yeah, that car is one of the most successful Holdens to race. So it won in two thousand and eighteen, it won in two thousand and twenty, and it ran in twenty twenty one, and then it won in twenty twenty two. So in five years that they campaigned the ZB, mm. the car actually was one of the longest serving Holdens. Mm. It won four Bathursts in wow. five years. So push it to the museum. Not that particular. I mean, that, that car's been rebuilt oh. a few times, but I mean the ZB, yeah. the ZB car. But I can't, I can't, you know, I think I wrote here, I didn't, didn't, didn't put in the notes, get yourself a VF. That's a Commodore. Yeah. VE, that's a Commodore. Yeah. This thing is not a, oh, I don't know. Anyway, but I, it, statistically speaking, on the racetrack... It is arguably. I think the VE may have won for Bathurst as well. I could be wrong, but v, or VE Series One and Series Two. You put them together. I think it won for Bathurst mm. as well. But statistically speaking, it is one of the most successful Holdens to ever race. Mm. But how can we celebrate that car? I mean, on road it was terribly. It wasn't accepted at all. Yeah. And in real life, it was a front-wheel drive four-cylinder. I can't yeah. get past that. I actually drove one. I was looking at getting one as a company car, and it was a, a really bad, bad car to drive. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Again, um, I drove one as well, remember? Yeah. And, yeah, I looked at buying one when they dropped heavily in price, but I mm. wasn't going to get one of the V6 ones. Mm. So Yeah, they're all, yeah, I didn't drive one of them. No, sorry, I did. It was a much better... A much better version, but it no. was still... 
Here's some interesting facts about the Bathurst 1000. The oldest car on the track was car 118 of Matt Sharda and Jalen Robotham, uh, Holden Commodore. It was a ZB. It actually debuted as a VF Commodore for Wilkinshaw and Dreddy Racing back in 2013 for wow. Tony Delberto. So that was the oldest car in the field. The 2022 Bathurst 1000 was the th- the thousandth race start for DJR. That's yeah. awesome news. It's been 30 years since Jim Richards called the Ford fans a pack of. Oh, really? Yeah, 30 I years. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember it really well. I got really towed up the next day at school. I was in year 12. I was in year 12. I went to school the next day, and they said, "How did you lose to a Nissan?" I think that I... was in the wall. Actually, I think I just started at high school. So I went to high school the day after myself, but I was only like year eight. And I, was, I used to hang around with a couple of car guys. And we were all like, oh, he's an asshole. <laughs> anyway. This was just before my TE. I was oh, devastated. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it was Craig Lowndes' 300th round start. Not race, round. 300th round start. Wow. Lowndes became the first driver to record 300 Australian Touring Car Championship slash Supercar round starts. Davey Reynolds became the 20th driver to reach 400 uh, races uh, at the Bathurst 1000. Uh, 11 winners were on the grid for this year's Bathurst 1000. So Craig Lowndes with seven, Greg Murphy with four, Jamie Wincup with four, Garth Tander with four, it's now five, mm-hmm. Will Davison with two, Chaz Mostert with two, Nick Perkat with one, Mark Wittenbottom with one, David Reynolds with one, Shane Van Gisbergen with two now, and Lee Holdsworth with one. So and Garth Tander took his 100th podium, and now... Um, Fifth Bathurst victory. Uh, to- in total, seven rookies uh, have d- debuted at this year's great race. Last year was only one. This year there was seven of them. Jackson Evans, Matt Payne, Cameron Hill, Aaron Seaton, Matt Charter, Jalen Robotham, uh, Declan Fraser. So congratulations mm. to them. Uh, that was that was great. All right. Now, did you have a think? Your favourite holder oh, of all time. Yeah. Um, so the VK Big Banger. Yeah, that that's right up there. That's with, with, certainly I just right up there. the 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 flares and stuff. And really, for me, that was it. Has to be the Big Banger, but doesn't it? It's got to be the Big Banger. And I was. It doesn't have to be wins either, by the way. No, it no. It, have to see, win. that for me was I remember watching supercars or V eights or yeah. what, what do you want to call it around then. I was yeah. very young. 1984, that one. Yeah, but they ran that car for a good couple of years, remember? No, after, so the Big Banger was Group C. Yeah. The year after, they went to Group A, so the flares were gone. Oh, well. the, the engine went from a 5-litre uh, down to a 304, so slightly smaller because of homologation rules. So it was a different car the year after. Well, maybe I... But, but I, you, the, you, the Big Bangers, the Mulber... Sorry, we're not allowed to say that, but the cigarette advertising yeah. company on the side... Bread with the large yeah. flares. That's 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 right up there. That's certainly and then right up it's there. actually kind of a funny draw, and I'm pretty sure they were the VNs. Was the was it Win Percy? Um, no, that was a VL. That was no. There was the, it was the VN with the HSV, the black on white HSV logo. VL, VL, VL. Oh, 1990. All I remember is livery, and I remember yeah. I just loved the colour scheme and the Castrol. Um, arguably multiple Castrol. Sorry, you cut. Yes, I understand. So, 
If we're talking 1990, yeah. Win Percy's one actually won the race against all odds. That, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry, that's that VL. is the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's a, yes, you're right. It's a VL. That was a Walkinshaw. That that particular car. And yeah, that car just well sits in my head. You yeah, know what I mean? that was actually Thomas Walkinshaw's car from the previous year. That it was in a big accident. And it was rebuilt, and Win Percy campaigned it, and it won against all odds against the Sierras and the yeah. debut in Nissan GDR. That's as right. well, and actually took the win. Yeah, it's a, that's a good one, actually. I, I, um, I, I, yeah, um, yeah. And I said anything, anything sort of Perkins era Castrol, and then even early Enforcer year Castrols under Perkins, um, yep. which is VN through to uh, VT, wasn't it? Or mm-hmm. even no VT, arguably. But that's a bit broad. But that just... Yep. Again, when those... But the livery makes it... I mean, yeah. as I said, the livery is... There's no right or wrong answers here. So it's, it's the livery that make that car. You yeah. know, a lot of people actually preferred the Castrol Commodores over the Holden Racing Team Commodores yeah. in that era. We know. So I didn't see any HRT cars. Yeah. No, none but, of them really set me on fire. No, <laughs> but it's the livery, I think, that didn't... Yeah. You know, and I, I actually like the VR HSV. It was the white and blue... It looked quite mean, yeah. but in Castrol livery, it looked even better than... Wasn't than, there a Gibson Motorsport VR before they yeah, had the yeah, Skyline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, again, that was a red, red, red on blue win, GIO, wasn't it? Yeah, and Winfield as well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. That, well, that's my couple of picks, but as I said, that's, that's what rings true for me. How about yourself, Nick? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the... the, the <sighs> It, it's really hard for me to to say because I, I was I'm not a Holden fan, really. But but it would be the XU one of 1972, and, and you know why I say that? Because it was never supposed to win. Mm. It was the underdog. It was a six cylinder for goodness sake. It was a six cylinder, but Harry Firth, you know, had gone <clears> over <throat> to he was with Ford, but had gone to Holden. Yeah, and he, I think he was there from a year or two before. But they developed this XU1 Tirana with a six-cylinder mm. to take on their GDHOs. And a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this because they say, how can you be a Ford man? But it's my favourite Holden because of what it did. Yes. It took on... Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's... Because if it didn't rain that day, the HOs would have definitely won. Well, it did rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying, you know, I, I, don't, I don't buy into that sort of discussion. Mm. Well, it did rain. And Peter Brock brought home his first win at Bathurst in that car. Yeah, yeah. And to me, a lot of people probably say as well, oh, Nick, geez, that's a six-cylinder Tirana. But I think it's probably etched in stone as probably one of the greatest Holdens ever, really, when you think about it. This six-cylinder car that they'd put together mm. to take on this massive 351. That was Cleveland by that time. They were running yeah. in the in the HOs, the phase three, and it and it won. Yeah, it won. That's what I like about the the Holden story. There was a number of Holdens that were never supposed to win. Really? Yeah, you're right. You look yeah. at Peter Brock's VL from 1987. That car was never, ever, ever on any planet supposed to win. <laughs> yeah, that's a close second for me as well. So it wasn't even. It was no Holden backing. He was on his own, if you yeah, remember. Probably, yeah, yeah, probably, no, yeah, lo- yeah. no logos, no Holden logos on that car. Yeah. It was not the 05 car. It was actually number 10 because he did the, the driver swap, if you remember. Yeah. 05, 05 had issues. So he jumped into the 10, number 10. Yeah. Right? 
didn't win on the day, came third. The two Sierras mm. were disqualified later on Man. and took his last win. So, yeah, here I am. I'm saying his first and his last win in cars. But that car, if you look at the overall 1987 we're talking here, it was a world, it was a world touring car championship at Bathurst. Mm. That car was never supposed to win. You're dreaming. Yeah. And it won. So that, that makes it my second pick, really. And then, you know... Some people would say the ZB if you were talking statistically, but I just can't bring myself to say that. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think the other one. I don't think it means much anyway. Coming from Ford people, what your favourite Holden is really a. Well, see, yeah, everyone knows I'm on the fence. So I like Holden and Ford. Yeah, you are. You are. You are certainly. So on for the me, fence. That's it would have been really interesting to have Simon on and find out what his favourite Holden Bathurst. Yeah. But didn't have to win. Just favourite Holden at Bathurst. But they're two that stick out for me. Mm. Um. I really despise the um, the Larry Perkins Commodores because they were just, in my eyes, evil against Ford's Ford Falcon <laughs> at the time. You know, yeah. the EB and the and then the EF. Like, yeah, because Larry just had it all his way. You know, they were they were so hard to beat those cars at Bathurst. Yeah, they were. You know, we got we jagged it in 1994 with Dick Johnson. Uh, but you know, you look at ninety three, ninety five. You know, La- Larry Perkins was just on his own. So I, 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 I despise those cars, but for yeah. the wrong reasons, really. I say that tongue in cheek. All right, Todd. Well, look, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, it's great to have you here for this Bathurst one thousand special yep. episode one hundred and fifty. Um, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Nick. All right, take care. Right. Catch us. See ya. Out. Talk and power. Your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.